What's up, ladies and gentlemen? We are back for episode 37 of On the Pitch Pod, another Zoom episode here. Uh, I'm located in Fuerteventura, Spain. Leo's back home in, in Chicago, lovely summertime shy. Uh, back together again for another Premier League wrap-up. Lots to cover, uh, but first, as always, follow us at On the Pitch Pod. Please follow us at On the Pitch Pod. Leo's been red hot on the bets lately, and that's the only way to get him. Uh, you're losing money if you're not following, so be sure to give us a follow at On the Pitch Pod. Leo, how are we feeling today? Doing good. Liverpool indifferent about the result, but, you know, getting one point against the strong Chelsea side is, you know, you take it, especially this early in the season. But other than that, I had a good weekend, was up in Wisconsin, enjoying some lake life when tubing. My body's pretty sore. I forgot how how yeah. hard you hit the water and how hard you got to hang on. So it was a little bit tiring, but other than that, it was a good weekend and just excited to be back on here. It seems like we got a little bit better connection. So I think last time sure. we were cutting each other off a little bit. So I think this week will be a little bit smoother for the listeners and just always excited to see Patrick's face once a week. So, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Last week I was in a hotel and I only got Wi-Fi like, through the, the lobby but I didn't want to go like sit in the lobby because it was like midnight when we recorded you know 6 p.m <laughs> local time so I was sitting on my like back patio like as close to the like in in the right far corner as close as I could and the wi-fi wasn't great but I moved into a new apartment with two teammates today for all the, all the listeners I signed officially I'm still waiting on, on my visa to come in to cross the t's and dot the i's but uh I moved into a permanent residence here in, in Puerto del Rosario, and I'm currently in my roommate's room because he's got the, the best Wi-Fi connection, so we should be good. Should be should be straight for nonstop Premier League talk. Yeah, it's nice that uh, he's letting you use the room, and hopefully we won't bug him too much if this is how we're going to do it for an unextended period of time. So I'm excited. They think, uh, they think that I make a lot of money doing this. I told them that uh, we get to (laughs) just kind of sell it a little bit. I told them that it was kind of a business thing, you know, for some advertisements. We're not there yet, but they don't need to know that they don't speak English. So um, I use that. We'll be fine. I'll let us do it. He's a good dude. (laughs) Leo, Leo Mendez from Lanzarote. He's a good dude. Another Leo. Leo, Maybe we'll have to get him on the pod sometime. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a shit show. Me translating and him, him sitting here, he just knows lyrics from like rap songs. It's like it's good, man. Game shit, bro. <laughs> the only things that are important, you know, really, all the key really, stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. His uh, his word of the week is "I am tired," but he always says "I'm tired," like with an R right after the T, and <laughs> I just chuckle. He doesn't know why I'm chuckling, but it's we're getting there. We're gonna help each other, so all is good. All is good. So we're going to go ahead. We'll hop into the first game. I think the first game was this little beat down at the Eddie had a little so, beat down, big beat down. Yeah. Big beat down. We won't go too long into this because there's not a whole lot to say other than no. one team is clearly better than the other team. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have high hopes going into this. Um, luckily for, for all the Arsenal fans in America, the game is at six 30 in the morning. So I'm sure, you know, <laughs> They didn't have to see much of it. Uh, Granit Xhaka, like that that red card, he got the whole ball, and it's just kind of frustrating to see that those tackles aren't, you know, called equally. Like Pogba went in a two-footed challenge and didn't even get a yellow, but it is what it is that you run the risk when you do that kind of tackle. And then Man City just looked like a well-oiled machine, and they, they really ripped apart Arsenal's very poor defense. I sent you this tweet. It's it's 2021 and Sad Kalasnatch is starting at center half for Arsenal, man. Like, what is going on? Uh, that's crazy. Um, but other than that, in good news today, uh, Willian ripped up his contract. He terminated his contract and, and is not requiring a payout. He's just leaving without to, to total termination. Arsenal's saving $20 million this year in wages to Willian for him to go back to Brazil. He's getting paid. Yeah, man was getting paid over like 240k a week to do nothing. So uh, goodbye to him. And yeah, that's pretty much the only bright spot in Arsenal's day. Hopefully they make a last-ditch effort in the transfer window, but uh, I don't see that happening. In terms of all I got to say for Man City is they uh, they look great, and you know they locked all <laughs> these guys down to long year long-term contracts. I know Ruben Diaz just resigned till 2027. 
Laporte till 20 is Laporte. I think Laporte resigned. No, John Stones just resigned. Um, so a lot of those important guys are, are, are locked in. Far, Ferran Torres is coming to his own two goals and assist. Jack Grealish with an assist. He's off the market running with a goal and assist in his first two games for City. So they look good. And uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that game. Yeah, I don't have too much to add on to the Arsenal side of things. I did end up, I was up super early that morning. You were, you were, you were texting. I, I yeah, I was. Leo was up early. I woke up at, I think, 5.15 that morning. I was sleeping Jeez. in a bunk bed up at this <laughs> lake house. And the bunk bed seemed, I think it might have been comfortable. I don't know. But it wasn't comfortable for me. I woke up with, like, some serious back pain. So, I woke up at 5.15. It's still dark outside. I, I checked my phone and my back hurt so bad that there was no falling asleep. So I said, you know what? Stay up while I watch the game. Uh, as far as Manchester City goes, it really looks like Gabriel Jesus has found a home on that right side. Yeah. He's been yeah. kind of playing out wide the past couple of games. And it seems like with that freedom over there and not having to make so, so, so many runs and control the play a little bit and just – being isolated has done him well. So he played a pretty good game. And then right off the bat, the first two goals were just such crap goals to let up. Yeah. The one cross, I think Joel Cancelo played the cross in. And I don't know how it how it got through three people. So yeah. that ball gets through everyone. And then before you know it, you're down 2 nothing. You're at the Eddie head. The team is not as strong as you'd like. So it's already a mountain climb. And then Granite Jaka did the Granite Jaka thing. But for this Manchester City team, you got to be really happy. I think they have the best goal differential in the league right now, which is crazy to think that they lost yeah. their first game and have that going for them. So back-to-back -back games. Yeah, I think back-to-back -back games with five goals. So it seems like they're doing just fine playing with uh, Ferran Torres up top. And that was one thing that we talked about after match week one that we were worried about what was going to happen with no number nine. And it seems like... Ferran Torres is really growing into that false nine role, so good to see that. Still no Kevin De Bruyne, no Kevin De Bruyne, no problem because this team is as stacked as can be. So I think if you're a Manchester City fan, you should be encouraged by the Grealish performances the first couple of weeks. I've been seeing memes about him, which I think are weird. Obviously, the price tag I still think was expensive, but just overall his play has been you know, I think it's been good enough and he's got, I think it's two assists in the goal. So I, don't quote me on that. It's either one assist in their goal or two assists, but regardless, I think he's looked really good and he's providing him another element to the team that they needed to go out and try and contend for even more than the Premier League. So I, I think the squad looks as strong as we expected them to look. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but we all know what kind <laughs> of a, what kind of a bus that Man City is and what kind of a, a little old lady crossing the street that Arsenal is. So uh, if you didn't see this coming with fans in the stadium at the Etihad, you know, I mean, even the Arsenal fans, the chant was just great. Fair play to them. We lose every week. We lose every week. You're nothing special. We lose every week. You know, it, it was a done deal before it was, before it was even written. Uh, so I think we can move on safely without, without a rant from me. Sorry if that's what you were looking for, but I've lost all will to, well, to yell about this team. Yeah, no no rants, but uh, Mikel Arteta still has a job. I guess that's the one thing to add Crazy. on. He hasn't yeah. been sacked yet. I did have that bet typed out as three units, and for Patrick's sake. And I also, I also had a feeling, I was talking to people, and I thought maybe this week they play with a little sense of urgency. You don't want to start the season out 3 nothing. Maybe it's not as bad as everyone thinks it's going to be this week. Yeah. And you know what? Odegaard started. It was that and then some. So I, I wish I would have stuck it at three, but regardless, the bet hit. So we'll take it. And uh yeah, I think I think that's all we got for that. We yep. can go into what the do you want to do next? Brighton game. Yeah, that'd be great game. Watch that. Yeah. So like I said, I was just getting just getting Wi-Fi, so I'll be able to start start, you know, illegally streaming games, I think, here, but I went to the, the local bar at the corner and watched the Everton Brighton game, which was on TV, which is pretty rare. They really only show La Liga games here. Uh, and they showed the first half and then they changed it for an athletic club versus like, I forget who they played, uh, like Cotties or someone. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, come on. But I watched the first half. I watched the Mari Gray's goal. 
Brighton looked really good. I texted in the group. I'm a Brighton fan now. I screw Arsenal because I just I love the way they play. They play out of pressure. Uh, they're you know we've talked we we've talked about their expected goals last year, how how big it was, and you know how they didn't really live up to it. But how we expect them to bounce back this year? They're just a fun team to watch, man. They're 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 a lower division, not a lower division. They're a lower table side that doesn't play like a lower table side. And for a lot of the game, they gave they gave Everton a real go. Uh, Seamus Coleman with a real veteran move to go down for that penalty, put his body in front, and just crumbled like the the Irish vet he is. Um, and then, you know, Dominic Calvert Lewin steps up and buries it. So uh, a solid performance from Everton. Would have liked a little bit more out of my uh, my fantasy guy Richarlison, but um, I'm, well, you, I'm hoping you got he can bounce back. Tricks from him. <laughs> that's what he's that's what i'm starting to think is his uh his forte is uh oscar performances not performances on the pitch but yeah everton's got to be satisfied with the re- result i believe they now sit in sixth place with seven points two wins and a tie through through three games and a goal differential of four so it's a great start for everton great start for yeah, it's, everton. A, it's a great start for everton and i did think brighton played pretty well for Big portions of the match, and if, if you look at the possession stats too, it shows in that they outpossessed Everton. And the one thing that Patrick brought up, and I thought they did this very well too, was they did play out of pressure very well, and they were able to break the high press that Everton were doing at times. So for a lower, you know, you call them a lower team, lower team in this league to be able to do that at a high level was impressive. And at the end of the day, yeah. when you got Neil Maupe up top, there's only so much he can provide your team and overall two wins out of your first three matches is a a good start and you would have liked this home game against Everton to go a little bit better but sometimes that's not the way the cards fall and Everton played really good on the counter-attack because I still can't believe this possession stats Brighton had the ball 66 percent yeah it's crazy so Damari Gray with a fantastic goal yeah 14 shots three on target yeah Damari Gray He's pr- proving to be one of the better shinings so far of this summer transfer window. Only two mil from Leverkusen gets another goal this week and no one decided to pick him up and he didn't hit the ball as clean as you would like, but he put enough power on it and the right and goalkeeper kind of got stuck at his feet for a sec. So good goal by him. And then the, the old penalty controversy with Carlson, like Patrick said, is starting to find his way around these moments a little more than you would like him to do, but that's, kind of what the player he is and he ended up putting a lot of pressure on Calvert-Lewin to end up scoring it you could see all the Everton players saying that you know this is Dominic's penalty kick to take and they got the ball out of his hands so happy to see that Dominic put that in and I'd imagine there's nothing too much there other than her Carlson's kind of a little hothead so I don't think there's too much there within the team and I think they will be just fine so good start for Everton and Two nothing one. You can't be can't be too down about that. So they're two yeah. two zero oh, and one to start the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, Rickarlson is just a guy. He's a forward. All forwards are divas. They all want to score goals. But it is, you know, it's counter, down to Calvert Lewin's penalty to lose. It's his job to lose, not the other way around. And um, you know, just in terms of Damari Gray, the best part about you mentioned how his finish wasn't super clean, but the, my favorite part about it was just that he picked the ball up in midfield, ran 40 yards at full speed, didn't didn't slow down for a second, just didn't try to cut it back to his right foot. But Carlson cuts that back to his right foot every time. It said Demari Gray just says, you know what, I'm going to burn you with pace, takes it to the left. The big, bright defender can't keep up just because it's, it's really impossible to keep your feet moving that fast when a guy's running at you full speed like that. Slots at home. It was a real quality finish. Uh, and like you said, I think he's an underrated player. Never really got off the ground at Leicester, but there was always a lot of guys in front of him, especially, uh, you know, they play they play a little bit different over there. They don't, they don't really, you know, Mark Albrighton is the, the old winger. He doesn't, and, you know, they, they just play a little bit different system that runs through Jamie Vardy. He's got a little bit more freedom in this Everton side, and Everton games always seem to be very up and down. Uh, counterattacking kind of style, and if he if he plays on the left and Rickarlson's down the center, I think that's a that's a deadly lineup. As long as Allen and Decore can stay healthy behind them, if they can stay healthy, doesn't look like we're going to be seeing much of Hamez the rest of the year with this squad. Um, so that you know, that's uh, Andres Talisins, you know, spent so many years at Palace, and now he's finally getting some some minutes on a bigger squad. 
Uh, I'm happy for Everton. I hope they can finally, you know, crack higher than the, the mid-table club. They've kind of they've kind of been for the last ten years. Yeah, they got the pieces to do it, and they got a yeah. reputable coach. So I think it'll do them just fine. We got other games to look at at this time slot. Austin Villa won, Brentford won, Brentford off to a a very nice start to their season. One win, two draws. They go into a tough Austin Villa side and were able to get this point. And they ended up scoring first. Ivan Tony gets on the score sheet, absolutely mm-hmm. bagged that uh, you could say what you want about where he was in the box, but he, he blasted that into the top corner. So there was no doubt about that one. And then Buendia with a nice goal. So I thought yeah. it was a pretty entertaining match from what I was able to see of it. I actually was streaming it on my phone because we had the Austin Villa bet for two units. Unfortunately, that did not hit. I just didn't see how Brentford being the newcomer going into this new season, starting the season off three games, no losses. So I said, you know what? I'll take Austin Villa at home and they have proved me wrong. And I think just going into the rest of the season, Brentford's going to be one of those tricky teams to bet against. I think they play mm-hmm. really organized. They play a passionate style and they had plenty of chances as well to potentially go and get a game winner, but that they didn't fall. So for them, another encouraging game. And Austin Villa to come out 1-1, I think you shouldn't be too down about it because this Brentford team is off and running, and you get a vital point. Yeah, uh, I just love the Brentford story. The The owner was a former professional handicapper who bought into the club for 725k when they were like you know really cheap and falling apart. Employed the Billy Bean method where he found undervalued players by focusing on expected goals and other important like and more modern day analytics like that and produced guys like Ollie Watkins who's on, on Aston Villa sold him for 40 million guys like Neil Mope who we both hate but he sold him for 26 million um, you know he's had a couple of Saeed Ben Rama on West Ham now who's turned out to be quite the player uh, played really well again for West Ham this weekend I love their story I love everything about them um, I hope they stay up this year and they're off to a good start and again I think you hit the nail on the head the hardest thing about this team is going to be how to bet on them they're going to play that typical three at the back, be tough to break down. Um, but in this game, you look at the stats, they had more shots, more chances, more possession than Aston Villa, uh, higher pass success. So they're, they're, they're not coming to play scared. They're coming to play. So they'll be a fun team. Uh, for the, There are no leads of last year. They're very different than them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know that uh, any, you know they could go into – any game and, and come out with a with a win draw something something that we're not expecting as a as a, you're not expecting as a handicapper so definitely yeah and this Austin Villa team Malgazi I thought played well Bendia played pretty well so uh, a good a good side here I think they'll do just fine in the league and yeah they don't have too much else to add on to Brentford other than hopefully the betting gods are on our favor because I do like watching them and I yeah. hope that they do well. So other games at this time, saw two, two Newcastle Southampton. I don't have much else to add other than a, it's a crazy end of the game, two goals in stoppage time. One team seems like they're going to go out and win. And unfortunately that was not the case for Newcastle at, at home. So they end up taking the point against a tough Southampton team that just kept fighting their way back. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to watch the game, but just looking at the stats, uh, I did see the highlights. Southampton outshot him 22 to 10, outpossessed him 64 to 36. Uh, chances created 18 to 8. Expected goals 3.5 to 1.2. So Southampton was knocking on the door all day long. Uh, James Ward Prowse, just baller. I've always been a huge fan of him. I always will be a huge fan of him. I think he got snubbed from the, the, the English Euro squad, but then again, it's tough to say that when they finished in the, in the final, uh, second in the Euros, so you can't, can't question Southgate now, but I thought he deserved a spot. Um, and once he stepped up in the 96 minutes to take a pen, you just knew it was in the back of the net, and the Newcastle hopes and dreams were were, were gone. Um, I saw a rumor today, just talking about Newcastle real quick, that Dan James might go to Leeds for 30 million pounds. And we sold Joe Willick to Newcastle for 25 million pounds. I'm not saying anything. Uh, I think Dan James is shite. I think he'll go great at Leeds because they just runs and runs and runs. But that just pissed me off today. So I had to figure out a way to bring it up. And this is how I'm bringing <laughs> it up. Uh, but that's all I got to say on that game. I didn't get to watch it, but it looked like a great game. Yeah, I don't have too much else to add on to it. It's kind of hard to wa- be able to see all four games at those time slots. 
the two I were it was able to watch were that Brentford Austinville game and the Everton Brighton game. I did end up watching half of the Leicester Norwich game and for Leicester, a very organized performance again. I thought I thought Norwich played a lot better than they had the first two games for sure, but I thought just, you know, it's organizationally Leicester was much very organized, although they didn't look good for portions of the game. Norwich did have a couple of great opportunities, but yeah. you gotta be happy for Leicester and it's just gonna be those mistakes that end up biting these lower teams in the back. And so far, Brentford hasn't made mistakes like that, but you saw in that first goal when I don't know who the left back is for Norwich, but he, I don't know if he tried to pass it or if he, if he took a touch, but I don't know what was going on. He loses the ball. And then before you know it, it's in the back of the net because this is the Premier League and you can't get away with mistakes like that. Yeah. I think Brandon Williams. Yeah. He's the former Manchester United, uh, He's on loan for Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, you're exactly right. In Leicester City, you know, they, they they thrive on mistakes. That's what they've done, you know, since they've been relevant in the Premier League. Uh, Jamie Vardy looked great. He bagged that one top corner from Cardo Pereira. Nice assist. Mark Albrighton with a, a ball that just, like, I didn't think it was going in. Then all of a sudden you see the net strokes and uh, all power to him. This is essentially the same team that we saw last year from, from Leicester. Uh, James Madison, Jamie Vardy up top, Harvey Barnes, the young lad, and Albrighton, who seems like he just ages like fine wine, and Didi and Tielemans holding down the middle, which is one of my favorite midfields. I think one of the most underrated midfields in the Prem. Um, I really like Castagna, and Ianacho has just been a different player in the last 12 months. And, you know, when I watched a little bit of this game, it was, I, I, I don't know. I just love, I love Yanacho. He didn't do anything crazy, but I just love the way he moves. I love how technical he is. I think he's in for a big season. Um, I think that they could find a way to get him and Vardy on the field as, as much as possible, maybe with James Madison underneath. Um, I don't know how that would work. Maybe like a, a three, four, one, two, something like that. But I think there's a lot of, a lot of ways that, uh, that, that uh, Brendan Rodgers can work that out. He knows his club very well now. He's been there for, for some quite some time. And yeah, Norwich, man, you're going to get relegated again, sad to say, but <laughs> Timo Pukki bags an onion. Todd Cantwell thought played well again. Max Aarons is probably going to get bought by someone big this year, um, but there's just, uh, there's, there's not enough talent in this squad. Yeah, all I want is to see Josh Sargent play. So until that happens, I don't, I don't have any urgency to watch any Newcastle or not Newcastle. Game on in the seventy third. So yeah, I just hope that he plays a ton, and I'll yeah. I'll be tuning in for whenever he's on the pitch. But Billy Gilmore not not playing too well as no. of now. It doesn't seem like he's finding his footing yet. But yeah, for Leicester, you know they're going to be organized. You know they're going to come out with a game plan. And like Patrick said, I, Inacho hasn't really. He hasn't started the game yet, I don't think, but I think he's featured off the bench in all three. So I'd love to see him and Vardy somehow get in. So I think that'd be an interesting duo. They were doing that a little bit at the end of last season, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly. But I think that was also due to Harvey Barnes picking up that injury that kept him out at the end of last season. So for him, it's great to see that he's back in the lineup. He's been a big player for them. And I think it might've been a little bit different if he was on the team and not injured at the end of last season. I think they might've been able to hang on to that final spot. He's a very underrated player in this league. And mm -hmm. yeah, like Patrick said, this midfield is it's elite Telemans and Ndidi. A lot of teams wish they had midfields like that. I would take either of those guys in the Liverpool midfield right now, to be honest with you. So for them, they got one of the best pairings and then, I think uh, I think their one weakness is going to be center back. We've seen in the first two games, or I guess two out of the last three games, Soyuncu just botching stuff back there. So hopefully this yeah. doesn't become uh, a familiar sight if you're a Leicester fan. But overall, you can't be too disappointed about how the season has started for you. And yeah, you, you got two wins and a loss. So going into this international break, can't be too upset about anything. So anything else you want to add on to that game? uh nope not much um yeah sitting in sitting in ninth place get based on goal differential minus one goal differential but six points through three games that's when the games you're supposed to win it's a long season i think lester will be fine we'll be talking about them later 
I do would like to jump into this this West Ham Crystal Palace game before we do Liverpool Chelsea. I think this was probably the game of the weekend um, in terms of you know if you're a neutral soccer fan. I I it was awesome from from what I saw. I didn't get to watch the game, but I watched the extended highlights. 21 year old Connor Gallagher, two goals. Second goal was a was a world. He cuts it. Cruyff turns it in the box and and finishes nicely. Michael Antonio looks like prime Harry Kane out there. It's unbelievable. Uh, I know that's your guy, uh, but this was West Ham's new stadium, the London Stadium. It's it's it was bumping, it was rocking. So nice to have fans back in the stadium. I know you've been betting, and it's much easier to bet with fans back in the stadium. But his his combination play with Pablo Fornells for the first goal was, I think that's goal of the month. I think that that's the August goal of the month right there. Um, from what I've seen, it looked like a. Look like some 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 wanger balls, some Arsenal football right there. I was there, about so. to say, looking like some Mezu Ozil combination play yeah. up top back in the day. Beautiful. So that was a beautiful goal for them. And Pablo Fornells is someone that I actually picked up for our Fantasy Premier League this week. I can't remember if I talked about him on the show or not, but one of our friends we were with, Paul, up at the Lake House this weekend, he also plays Fantasy Premier League, but they have the budget, and he was looking at players, and I said – I picked up Pablo Fornals this week. I think he has a good chance of playing a good game against Palace. And what do you know? He gets a goal. So I was happy about picking Pablo Fornals up. And Mikael Antonio is just what a what a guy. <laughs> what a guy. He's, yeah. He might be in contention for Golden Boot when it's all said and done. If he could stay healthy, that, that goal that he scored was I I thought for a second he shanked it. And before you know Talk it, Michael Antonio in the back goal. Of the head. goal. Yeah. So. Great stuff for them. Unfortunately, the header. Nothing. Yeah, sorry to yeah. Cut oh, you yeah. Off. I just wins the header, that. bounces off, like bounces around in the box, and then he just blasts it. Like just big dick Michael Antonio. <laughs> just it was awesome. It was a very Michael Antonio goal. And then uh, Jamie Carragher interviewed him post game, and he's like, Are you going to win the Golden Boot this season? And he's like, Oh, of course. And I'm going to put so much distance <laughs> between me and the next guy. It's not going to be close. And they all started dying in the, in the, in the, in the, in the booth, but it, you know, he, he's, you turned it, you've turned me on to him. I wasn't a huge fan. I always thought he was just kind of a brute. Now he's one of my favorite players in the prem. I love him. I love him to death. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought up that control that he had on that goal too. I completely forgot about it to, to be able to, I don't know, just head the ball straight up in the air like that. And then be able to come down as a large human being like he is and <laughs> have the control to blast that with your weak foot. It, it was a pretty remarkable goal. If you didn't get the chance to see it, you should definitely go watch the highlights for it. But other than that, like Patrick said, that Gallagher goal, uh, just really tidy finish in the tight space to have the confidence to do that was a big moment for them and a crucial point if you're a Palace fan to go into a tough atmosphere, like he said, and get that point. So if you're a palace, you got to be happy getting any points that you can right now. Cause I picked you to go down. So to be able to go in against the tough West Ham team and get a point, you got to be, you got to be somewhat thrilled about that. So if you're West Ham, you might be a little disappointed, but you, I don't think you're going to be getting too many Connor Gallagher masterclass in the box like that too often. So disappointing, but at the end of the day, still, encouraging to see your team play so well so i don't have too much else uh we can get Liverpool. controversial somewhat controversial game i feel like the right call is maybe we'll start right off with the red card i obviously is a handball in most situations a player hits the the ball hits the hand and they kind of like pull their hand back or something but just given where he was in the box, you, you did see him swing his arm forward like he was trying to bat the ball away. So in my opinion, and my sure, you could call it my biased opinion, I, that to me looked like it was in, he intended to do that. And by the rules of the game, that's a red card. So, Patrick, your thoughts as a now defender, yeah. center back? I think, uh, I think it, it – I think it was a red card just because the ball was going in the net. You know, normally, like, I'm, I'm not a fan of the red card if it bounces off your chest or something and then hits your hands. Like, I don't really think that that's a, a red card because generally you don't intend to do that. You saw him lift his leg to try and block it. But then, you know, he clearly, his arm's in an unnatural position right there. And the ball is going off the top of his thigh and it's going in the back of the net. And if you 
keep the ball out of the back of the net with your hand and you're not the goalie, I think it's a handball and I think it's a red card. So I was fine with the call. At first, you know, I, I was like, ah, I'm not so sure. But the more I watched it, I think I think it had to be I think it had to be done. I think it was right. I think that was much more of a red card than Granit Xhaka's red card. Not to, you know, show my bias, <laughs> but I just I just think that they're like there's no there's no clear cut thing anymore, which I guess was um which was what it was before VAR, but even with VAR, I don't think it's really cleared anything up. A couple of years ago, you know, PSG got a red card in the Manchester United, you know, Champions League game, and it just the guy jumped, turned his back, and the ball hit his hand when he was turned his back. So every year the handball rule changes a little bit. I know the Premier League's changed some rules again in terms of they're going to be a little bit tougher on diving and call foul calls this year. And I just, I just don't know where the rules are at ever because of the fluctuation that happens so frequently. But in my opinion, I would have given that as a red card. Yeah. So I, I guess we're both in agreement there. Kai Havertz with a really nice goal. I thought yeah, that was very nice. uh, a header that he made look way easier than it actually is to do that. So Congrats to him. He's off to a good start to the season. He had a really good summer. He had a good end of the end of last season. So I think he's finally found his footing with this team. And then, you know, the handball changes the game. Chelsea had a couple of chances, but I thought Liverpool, I, th- I thought the first half was just overall very even. I thought both teams had their opportunities and then the red card happens. And then you obviously expect Chelsea to park the bus. And as you'd expect, Tuchel, from the moment he got into this team has made this defense so organized. And here we are again, and his defense was super organized. And I think it happened at the perfect time because right before halftime, he could go into the locker room and get everyone. Here's how we're going to play. And I thought they did a good job. Edward Mendy made a couple of nice saves. And overall, I'm not too disappointed with the way Liverpool played the game. I thought they got their chances. They weren't, they just weren't good enough when they did get the chances. So I'm not too bogged down about the way the match went from my standpoint. And I don't think Chelsea fans should be too disappointed with the way the game went. They even had a couple of chances on the counterattack. And overall, we did a good job defending those chances. Joel Matip with the key blocks. So I thought if you're either team here, I think you're overall happy. Obviously if you're a Liverpool fan, you want the three points. But like I said, the, I thought we played pretty well and it just wasn't meant to be against a side that's going to be super organized like that. Yep. So two will give a little fist pump at full time. I think Chelsea's got to be satisfied with the point there. Um, you know, it is what it is. Liverpool probably a little upset. They couldn't take all three points there. There was a, a real opportunity to, to grab three points against the champions of Europe. Um, but this, you know, this Liverpool side doesn't, this, they don't look as dangerous as they have in the past. I'm not saying they don't look dangerous. I'm just saying there's not that same, that same bite to them, I don't think. Uh, I think though that'll come as time comes because that defense is so solid now. They have the depth. Andy's back. Virgil's back. You know, Konati's just sitting there on the bench. Joe Gomez is just sitting there on the bench. Uh, but in terms of going forward, you know, Jota, he's played well to start the season. He had a chance, couldn't find the back of the net. If he starts firing on all cylinders, you know, I think uh, Liverpool's in good shape. But you look at this bench, it's mostly it's mostly midfielders and defenders. Uh, Jota's the attacking player. Then you got Alcantara, Samikas came on, the Ox, Navi Keita, Minamino, you know, like not a ton of goals coming from there. Um, unless they're coming out of midfield, the Ox is always good for a banger, but I just think that you really need those four guys up front to stay as healthy as possible for Liverpool to, to, to really challenge with Chelsea and City this year. And obviously Manchester United now with how, with how much they bolstered their attack. Uh, so I'm praying for, praying for good health for your guys. Congrats to Fabinho yes, so for signing a long-term contract too, I believe. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is that depth up front, but Overall, happy to see Harvey Elliott playing so well. 18 years old, gets yeah. his second start stupid against haircut, but... Chelsea, and he does have a stupid haircut, I do agree. But <laughs> I'm, if you're a Liverpool fan and you've seen the way Harvey Elliott has played, you got to be very encouraged. He's looked really uh, confident in the way he's played, and he's looked good on the ball. So I thought another good performance. I think I would have liked to seen him get subbed off as the half went on. I think just with a little more experience, you're going against Chelsea. But, you know, you you got a lot of faith from the manager and your play is backing it up. I think just 
bringing on another more experienced player might have helped a little bit, but I guess we'll never know because Harvey Elliott is this attacking midfielder. So overall, like I said, not too, too bogged down about it. And then we got coming up, got Leeds, and then we got AC Milan at home. So we got the Champions League starting back up. We'll have to do a preview of that next week. But yeah, we got Leeds, Palace, and Brentford. So I think we got a nice little stretch of games here in September that should benefit us. And, you know, coming into this 2-0-1, I'm happy. So nothing to complain about. Yeah, Going to Sunday. Yeah, On Sunday, we'll start with my team that I threw a bet on to win. I picked Manchester United to win the game, also the league. A gross game. I'm going to – that was a gross game for Manchester United. They did not look well, but – this is a team that is different from years past. I think a true test of a team that can win the league is grinding out a game that they don't play well at, a game that's on the road, and a game they probably didn't deserve to win, but yeah, they, they end up getting away. I think David, I mean, obviously, David Ahea stood on his head, made unbelievable saves, and it was just, I feel like it was more so one of those days for Wolves, like Juan Bissaka with the beautiful clearance off the line on Trincao. Uh, Trier you know, doesn't know how to shoot. Trier does not shoot. Roman Saiz missed two from four feet away, a header right at him, and then a pa- like a pass into the goal right at his left hand. Credit to De Gea, great save. But you know that game was there for Wolves to take, and they they didn't take it. And then Mason Greenwood's been uh, Man United. You know, I mean, obviously they have so many. Paul Pogba and Bruno have been playing so well. Mason Greenwood, I think three goals in three games so far to start the season. Yeah, three goals in three games. He's on my fantasy team. I'm super thrilled about it. And I believe he's 19 years old, and he might be one of the first teenagers to ever do that in the Prem. Uh, Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that is a statistic out there that someone could find out. Yeah, he's 19 years old, and I really hope, because he's been playing that number nine position, I really hope that now that Ronaldo's coming in the side, that that doesn't mean Mason starts sitting on the bench more. If for his development overall as well. Like he just needs to be on the field at all times until, you know, the form drops or something. So now that they got this international break, Ronaldo's going to come into the side. I bet he makes his first appearance in two weeks. I think you just got to have both guys in the lineup, whether it's Ronaldo up top and Greenwood playing all over the field. Cause I think he has the ability to do that. Now that Daniel James is leaving, I think he could play out wide on the right with a strong foot. I mean, he's got a four-star weak foot in uh, FIFA, so he's got both feet. He could play anywhere on the field, and I think for them, he's going to be one of your most crucial players, not only this season, but for a long time. He's 19 years old. This man could course, be on yeah. your team for the next 10 years if he wants to, so you got to develop him, and hopefully this Ronaldo signing, which obviously you're all super excited about, Hopefully this doesn't affect Greenwood's spot in the team too much. Yeah, I mean, this this team is just unbelievable. Marcus Rashford's out injured. Jaden Sancho didn't play great, but like where Edison Cavani, Martial came in off the bench. Donnie Van de Beek, Jesse Lingard on the bench. They're the exact opposite of, of Liverpool. They got so much depth up front that it's going to be hard for them to fit all these guys in the team. Only problem is they got to figure out a way to get Fred off the field. Uh, I need Scotty <laughs> McTominay to come back because Fred's just not it. Juan Bissaka, again, with that beautiful save off the line. Varane's first start, first appearance, got an assist, I believe. First first start, correct? First start, I don't know if he got an assist. I can't remember he did get he an ended assist. up getting the ball. He, did get, he passed the ball to Mason Greenwood. I know that. So, not a bad start for Varane in his, uh, in his debut, so... Yeah, my biggest thing for them is still the formation. I don't like them playing this two holding midfielders because they just, they're not, they're playing like a similar formation to how Liverpool plays at times. And I just don't think that their team makeup and style of play benefits them in doing that. So I still think they should only maybe have one guy back there. It's something that Ali can figure out on his own. But I think that's the big thing for them is this formation. I think they got to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, you ready to move on? Yeah, I'm ready to move on. I, I don't have too much else to say about these other two games um, other than – so I, I do have something to say about Burnley. Jurgen Klopp made the comments about 
the style of tackles that they make during the game. And then anyone saw this Burnley Leeds game, they were flying in with challenges. Uh, but that's that's the Premier League. There's going to be teams like that that you just don't want to play against if you're on the other team. And Burnley's that team. If you're a player on the other team, I mean, you should have your head head on the swivel at all times, be ready for guys to come flying in at your feet. And they play that, that that's the style of play that they play. And that's the style of play. They always will play. And they end up getting a point at home. I also didn't know Patrick Bamford is one of the fastest players in the league. I guess if you time him out, he's super fast. He doesn't seem like it because of the way he runs, but he gets a key goal. Rafinha made a guy fall down. That was pretty sweet. It might yeah, have been the move so of the good, weekend man. for me. I mean, he just, whoever that was for Brimley, he's on his ass. So that's the skill move of the week for me. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely go watch it because that leads up to the goal for Leeds. So overall for Leeds, you get another point, only two points out of three games. But Burnley is going to be a tough place to play at home. And like I said, if you're an opposing player on the other team, you don't want to you, you you want to be careful with your legs because someone's going to be flying in at you. And Klopp made that comment last week. The Burnley coach didn't take too kindly to it. And then here we are again this week and guys are flying all over the place. So it's a, it's yeah. a crazy place to play. It is. It really is. Um, yeah. Dwight McNeil, they, they got some players. They're going to fight like hell, like always. Uh, I think they stay up just because it's Burnley. It's going to be tight, but. I've always been a Burnley fan because they, they know how to suffer. They know how to grind and they know how to make other teams suffer. And if you're not willing to do it for 90 minutes, they can, they can bite you in the ass. Um, but jumping into Tottenham Watford, Harry Kane back with the Spurs. Youngman's son with a beautiful, almost Willian style Chelsea goal where it just kind of kept going. No one touched it, bouncing at the far post. Deli Alley's been reemerging under, under Nuno. He's getting game time. Looks, got a stupid haircut. He dives all over the pitch, but he's been playing playing a lot which is good for him um and yeah they got they got nine points through three games and i think three goals allowed none given up three plus three goal differential one if they won every game one zero i think so i think so hey, yeah so luck of the draw kind of tottenham are three and zero at the top of the table they've won all three games one nothing and wolves are at the bottom tied for zero points and they've lost all three of their games one nothing so that's just the way the league can go sometimes and yeah, Spurs just look so organized under Nuno. It's something that I haven't seen too much of over the past few years. I mean, obviously, Jose plays that defensive style, but Nuno just has this organization where guys are at where they're supposed to be on the field and guys are making the runs when they need to. And when they do decide to counter or they do decide to go full throttle, it's not like we've seen in years past where – it's just Kane and Son. It seems like everyone's getting up into the attack. So you th- I think the goals will start coming a little bit, but I, I think this team might be destined for a lot of uh, under bets. We've seen so far that even against the Watford team that I thought they might be able to come out and score a bunch of goals. So I think I ended up staying away from betting this game. I rightfully did because I was leaning towards an over. It did not happen. I was expecting Spurs to finally break out, but Three points, three goals, no goals allowed. I not not much else you could ask for. You're sitting alone at the top of the table, so yeah, that's it. Too much else to yeah. For them. Good for them. Good for Spurs. Good for them. The team is still. You look at the lineup. I'm and dying inside. It, so. Yeah, Arsenal's at twentieth, <laughs> and Spurs are in first. This is everything's fine. Everything's going great. Yeah, quick, quick little preview of that. Spurs at the top. Arsenal in last place. On every statistic you could be in. So other than goals allowed, Norwich have one more goal allowed, but they do have a goal scored. So they give Norwich 19th place. So congrats. <laughs> I cannot afford. Um, okay. So this week we thought of doing something new. We're each going to name three people. And then the other person is going to say the first thing that comes to their mind to describe them. So, um, Patrick, you want me to get you started off or do you want to start sure. off with me? Sure. Sure. You can go right. ahead. I'm going to start off. I know we watched the game. Damari Gray, first thing that comes to your mind and why? Um, game changer. You know, he's been a super sub his whole life. He's never really gotten the chance to, to show his, his stuff in the starting lineup or 
He hasn't really taken that opportunity, but I think under Brendan Rodgers, this new Everton side that counterattacks, he can show his speed and, and be deadly going to goal. So I, a big breakout season for him. All right, and now my second person for you, uh, that, that Turkish man. I mean, with nothing else mm-hmm. to add about about that, but Luster center back Soyuncu. Yeah, craziest looking dude in the league. I can't. I don't understand his face. He's like white but Turkish. He's got the just a very. I don't know enough about that. Um, I thought he played really well for most of last year. Him and Johnny Evans made a good partnership, um, but this year he's just been, uh, you know, behind. He's been a step behind. He's, you know, he's he's like I think he's got the second most passes completed in the league. But that just shows you he's just passing side to side. He's got the ball at his feet too much. Uh, and when you have the ball at your feet that much, if you make one mistake, everyone's down your throat in an instant, and he's made too many mistakes. So uh, as a center back, I've learned the easier you play, the simpler you play, the better. And I think he needs to get back to basics to just remember that he's on the field to defend first and then, you know, do everything else second. So I think he'll turn it around just because I think Lester's too good to not to, and I don't know who, uh, you know, they don't have a, a clear cut, another center back that's taken his spot. So I think I'll, I'll turn it around eventually. All right. My last person for you, one, one thing to describe them and why is Nuno? He's off to this three and zero start. Yeah. He's proving that it wasn't just the Portuguese players in the squad at Wolves. He's shown that he can do it at a big club. I mean, it's only three games, um, but I mean, I'm a fan of Nuno. He's very, like you said earlier, very well organized. He's got Harry Kane back. He's given chances to, to Deli Alley. I'm expecting, uh, you know, it hurts me to say, but I'm expecting Spurs to contend for that top four spot. I think Spurs will just be slightly better than with Mourinho. They were good last year. I think they finished, what, sixth, fifth last year. Uh, But I think, you know, with Nuno, they look like they'll just be slightly better. And it seems like he's a guy that you want to play for. You know, know, he's not like Mourinho where he's going to create rifts. He's a manager that people are going to want to play for. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think you hit that on the spot with Nuno. It seems like he's building a good culture, and all the fans were excited when they walked out on the pitch, and I think he even got some people chanting his name, so it seems like a perfect fit for the job. Um, I'm not even going to lie to you. I lucky forgot who I was supposed to ask you about, um, but I'm going to look real fast, so give me 10 seconds. Um, <laughs> what I did uh, – hold on, pause – <laughs> um, there you go <laughs> uh, I'll give you a hint on who you asked you said uh, West Ham striker oh of course yeah tell me about Michael Antonio I know we hyped him up earlier but give me give me a prediction of Michael Antonio for this year I got you a prediction I think he bags 18 goals I don't think he gets over 20 18. my word to describe Mikel Antonio is evolved. I think he's evolved into someone that understands the way he needs to play, someone that understands his body type and what he needs to do. And I think his IQ on the field is just, it's changed completely. In years past, he's kind of just a, been a goal poacher that's physical and kind of holds the play up. And now you're seeing his IQ flash. You saw that with the Pablo Fornal school and, mm-hmm. and just someone that understands what he needs to do to make the team better. So my word for him is evolved. And I think he doesn't get to 20 goals, but I think we'll be pretty close. Uh, I'm going to stick with another striker for you. Uh, uh, tell me about Dominic Calvert-Lewin. What do you think he does this year? Dominic Calvert-Lewin. That's a good one. That's a good one. I was not prepared for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Good. I, I wanted to catch. I wanted to change it up for you. Sorry. Okay, I've been thrown off guard. I will get good. into the word second. First, I'll start off with good. All right. All right. I know what I'm going to say. Here's my thing for him. Good, but could be better. I think. Yes. I think he has the tools in place to do it. I think he displays it at times, but I think consistency for him is going to be his biggest key. I think he needs to show up a little more in some of these bigger games. Last year, he started off so hot. I thought he might be in contention for Golden Boot, and then he really slowed down. So I think uh, good, but not great yet. So that's going to be what I got for DCL. And I think if 
he eventually gets to that 20 goal season mark. I think that helps Everton push for European spot. So I think the team goes as far as DCL goes. My last one is uh, it's kind of a three-parter, but it's Marcus Alonso. And when I say Marcus Alonso, I obviously mean he's keeping Ben Chilwell out of the team. And, and that same vein, I'm, I'm in with Thomas Tuchel. So give me, you know, because Hakeem Zayas is sitting in there on the bench, kind of rotting away. Not rotting away, but he's become more of a super sub. So just give me your thoughts on Marcus Alonso's start to the season, uh, how you think he's playing as a player, as well as, you know, Tuchel's team selection. Sure. So Marcos Alonso is always just going to be a guy that has one thing missing. And that one thing missing, that's going to be my little quote for him is one thing missing. And it's playing yeah. defense. He plays left. <laughs> he doesn't know how to play a lick of defense. Every time he gets the ball going forward, he, he scores goals. My brother was telling me statistic that since I think 2016 or 2017, he scored the most goals out of any defender in the league, but he doesn't play that much because he doesn't know how to play defense. So one thing missing, that one thing missing is the most important thing he needs to do well. But for this Chelsea team that is so organized now, and now we'll get to Tuchel, I'll think of what I have to say about him. But for a team that's so organized now, the defensive alignment is not as relied upon for him. The defensive midfielders that they have in front of the center backs make up space. They cover ground so much. So his lackluster defense is being covered right now because of the experience and, you know, good play from the other players in the team. So he's getting that freedom to go forward. I think it's very interesting that Ben Schubel is not playing, but at the same time, he's, he's Marco Alonso's playing good up top. I have him in my fantasy team, which, I have him specifically for his offensive prowess and he's provided with that so far. So for him, he's, he's just got that one thing missing for Tuchel. Uh, Tuchel, I'm going to go with the general. I think Tuchel is going to be. Yeah. He's going to be the general. And here's why he has all these divisions and all these men he has to worry about, and he's got to put them all in the right spots on the field to succeed He's got to put them in at the right times with the right people to succeed. And so far he's done that ever since he's came in with the team, everyone's been organized. Everyone that gets put into the squad and finally gets to start plays well. So for me, he's the general, he's using his squad wisely when players need rest, just like guys in the front lines need rest. He's giving it to him. So he's the general for me. I love it. I love it. That's a good way to put it. I, I couldn't agree more with that last bit. So that's awesome. I think uh, I think we're coming up, to the yeah. end here, yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been parked out in my roommate's room for a good bit now, so <laughs> he probably wants uh, to go back in there at some point. Twelve thirty, yeah, it's probably bedtime. But <laughs> hey, guys, thank you again for tuning in. We hope you uh, you like this last little bit. We're gonna try and change it up instead of just you know lecturing. I guess it's turning into you know us talking about the prem, which we love doing. We hope you guys too. We gotta switch it up. You know, Leo came up with this great idea today, so try to keep that running. Uh, as always, follow us at On the Pitch Pod on Twitter. Neil, stay hot, kid. Keep going. You know, yeah. do your thing. Thank you. Follow us. If you haven't, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your little brother, tell your sister, tell whoever. And yeah, we got a USA game on Thursday. World Cup qualifying starts. Tune in. We got El Salvador at El Salvador. Not an easy game. Those bastards play dirty. They play gritty. So tune in on Thursday, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Peace, guys. Peace.